Okay, today, today is an incredible day. Today is a day that is not just a non nonsensical, like wake up day, get moving, get going, put your clothes on. No, today is a day marked with greatness. Today is a day that you are on this planet for a purpose and a reason and a plan that God has for you. Today is a day that is not coincidental. Today is a day where we get to gather as the church and hear from the living Creator, God in heaven and on earth to hear what He has to say to us, to help us grow, get bigger, get stronger. Today's a day where we get to sit and then we get to act. My name's Louie. I'm one of the team leaders here at Elevate and I am so pumped to be here. I couldn't sleep last night. Could be the coffee I've had for the last 24 hours. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But regardless, I have been awake and I have been praying and I have been absolutely asking God, what is your heartbeat for our house today? What do you want to say? What do you want us to know so importantly that we want to set aside the next 30 minutes and incline our ear to your voice and trust that you're going to do something that's going to change the future for us. So let's pray. Father, I just thank You. I'm so excited to be here today and I'm so excited that we have the opportunity to gather as Your church. Lord, I pray that You show up in a magnificent way that You are here, that You are already walking amongst us, that Your Spirit hovers from the front to the back, from the left to the right, that no stone goes unturned today, that we have the opportunity to hear Your voice maybe again or for the first time. Whatever it may be, I pray that You have Your way here, that we have our ears opened, we have our heart opened, we are inclining to Your voice and we trust that today is a day where we will be forever ever changed because we have met and encountered the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Host of Hosts, that today we declare that we're above and not below, that we are greater because of You. We're the head, we're not the tail, that we are children of God. Some of us know it and some of us don't. It doesn't matter. You love your people regardless. So today I just thank You for it in Your Son's mighty Name. Amen. Okay. This is going to be a problem. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. So work with me here. I'm doing the whole like notes, talking, hands, Italian. There could be a lot going on. All right. So just we'll have a great adventure together, I'm sure. So the last few weeks, I'm jumping straight in there. I was thinking of a really cutesy story I could tell at the beginning and I thought, nah, I haven't got time. I'll tell you cutesy stories throughout the whole thing. So we're going straight into it. So the last few weeks, we have been talking about the armour of God. And you will find that in the book of Ephesians, Paul wrote to the people in Ephesus and he wanted them to be really equipped with this life called Christianity, with following Jesus. And he made sure that he was really explicit with what he wanted us to do and how he wanted us to navigate. So we've done that for the last four weeks. We're up into our fifth week and we're wrapping up the series. So if you've missed any of these weeks, do yourself a favour, go to our Elevate app, listen to the podcast for the last few weeks, catch you up. It doesn't matter. It's a little bit like, you know, they'll all piece together. Today, it'll still be valuable, but it's great to put them all in context because it layers, to use a teachy word, it scaffolds your learning and it helps you build on bricks, basically. So you learn stuff and you build on. You learn stuff and you build on. And that's all you do. So it's really great to have those little kind of fillers 
from back last week's if you haven't had a chance to be here or listen to them. But I'm going to do a quick summary. So we've been listening to and hearing what Paul has to say to the, the people in Ephesus. And we come up to chapter 6 and there's a whole host of stuff to do, like heaps. After you've done this, really busy. Like he's asking us to be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Okay, step one. Okay, put on the full armour of God so that we can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Okay, cool. All right, so for the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, good, right. Therefore, oh my God, still, put on the whole armour of God. Jeepers, all right. So when the day of evil comes, that you may be able to stand your ground, check. And after you have done everything, you stand All right, Paul, I'm on it. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Check. I prefer Gucci, but I'll go with that. It's okay. You may be able to, sorry, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Keep going. In addition to all of this, so do all these peeps and in addition to, then take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That takes us up to 17. 18 is left and that's the end of the chapter. And that's where we're gonna pause today. Now, we have come to the conclusion in that chapter. And after all these instructions Paul has given us, we're meant to do something really important. This is the bit that ties everything together. And I actually have to say it's the most important bit, to be really honest. Verse 18, Paul tells us too, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, this is kind of for me, I don't know about you, but I've done this, I admit it. Reading a novel, I wanna know what happens, I read the back page. And some um, authors are very crafty and they don't give you much. They're clever at finding out. You've got to go a few chapters back sometimes. And then I've really ruined it where I've gone, oh gosh, I've read it. So what happened? Oh my gosh, so he, he wasn't the father? Oh, and then I ruin it because basically I should have got more of the story at the beginning to build to the end. There's a reason why the authors do that. They start us in order so we end up at a spot and that spot's meant to be somewhere where we really listen and hover in. And I figure that that's what Paul wants us to do right now. He wants us to hover here because I kind of would like to suggest that this is the most important part of the whole chapter or book at least. See, at this point in the text, Paul is highlighting to tell us that prayer is actually woven into everything. All the lists that we have to do, put on the breastplate, put the belt, put the helmet, put the shoes, do this in the, okay. All of that, while we're doing all of that stuff, at every point we are praying, at every point, 
It doesn't just happen at the end. It happens at the beginning and the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step. Because if we're to just hover in this spot for a moment, the interesting thing is this. I'll kind of break this bit down a bit and we'll unpack it a little further. And the first line I really want to hover in is pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Well, what does that look like, Paul? Thank you for the tidbit. Cheers. What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to suggest this. Prayer is the very air we breathe. We need it to survive. Prayer should be as natural as breathing and as unconscious, can I suggest, as breathing. We don't know that we're doing it, but we're doing it right now, right here. I'm a teacher and I teach high school. And some of my kids are really, really, really quite, um, have got really stressful lives, experience high trauma, high, high trauma from, you know, domestic violence to um, just, yeah, crazy stuff. And some of my kids are on um, what we call like, well, we, we keep close eye on them really. And they've got plans in place and all the rest of it. And one of my kiddos, he's a beautiful kid, but he suffers anxiety like crazy, like crazy. And um, we have to, we kind of do these excursions and stuff like that to get them out and kind of help them assimilate to life and stuff in the, in the community. And we went into the city and we're walking around and um, I said to him, because he was like, oh, Miss P, Miss P, there's too many people, there's too many people. And I get it. I said, I absolutely get it. I'm like, okay, dude, no worries, we can do this. And I said, all you need to do is keep your eyes focused in front of you. You just need to take the next step. That is all you need to do, hun. And then what I want you to do is just breathe in and out. That's all I want you to do. And he's walking like this. He's going. (sighs) (sighs) And shortly after, he pretty much chilled out. Like he was okay. And he said to me, oh, thanks, Miss P. I just, I I was really overwhelmed and all the rest. But I said, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. See, for this kid... He had to pause a little bit because he wasn't aware of his breathing, but he was still okay. He was fine. He was breathing. And I just gave him a bit of an instruction of how to just chill out, calm down and kind of focus in and have a look and see if he can just settle himself down. Sometimes it doesn't work because sometimes it really goes crazy for him, but that worked. The reality is this. At the same time, I'm praying for that kid while he's doing that thing. Now, he doesn't know that I am. But as he's doing his thing, I'm praying for him to help him experience peace. Prayer is on every occasion, on every occasion. Not just when it seems inconsequential, but I just said, God, you know this kid more than I, and I want him to settle, and you want him to settle more than me. So just walk with me, dude. And he did. God shows up. See, when do we pray? when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're struggling, when we're confused, when we know stuff, when we don't know stuff. Do we need wisdom? What do I need? God, how do I do it? Where do I do it? Oh my goodness, this is too hard for me. This is too easy for me. Oh my God, that's awesome. I got this breakthrough, this result, this whatever. In every occasion, we pray. I wanna throw this out to us. See, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Because it's easy for it to be the last thing we do on the agenda because 
I've exhausted every other possibility. Could you imagine if we were the kind of people who rather than left it to the last step, what if we made it the first step? I wonder what would happen to the circumstance or the situation or us in that circumstance or situation. Just a question. Food for thought. See, when I'm tempted, I immediately do this. Lord, you know I'm going through this. Help me, please. Okay, he does something to me or the situation every time. If something's good in my life, I go, God, this is awesome. You are amazing. Look at this. And share it with him. Why not? If I'm seeing something not great or something evil or something really clandestine that's not great, I go, God, you've got this. Infiltrate the situation, please. And, you know, descend your peace on this situation. He either does it to me, the situation, or whatever he does, he does it. If I see someone that doesn't know Jesus, I go, God, just today, draw closer to them. They need you. Or if I'm in trouble, I say, God, help. I probably pray that one the most. Oh, help me. Oh my God, help me, please. That is probably my first go-to prayer every time. So why do we do it? Because prayer is vital. It's like God's backup plan for us. He comes in and infiltrates the situation. I kind of liken it to my uncles who are a little bit mafia dudes, not here in Italy, don't worry. They might fly here though. And it's like reinforcements. I'm going through stuff. Help me out. Bust some kneecaps for me. Now, we're not saying God is mafia, but it's kind of pretty heavy duty. And in some ways, we can access the power of God to step into a situation and take what is there to either change it or change us in it. We get that opportunity when we pray. When we don't, God's hands are tied. He can't do anything. And he's screaming, just ask me, come on, I'm there, I know what to do. And we're going, oh, we can do it, don't worry about it, we're done. And we just shut the door down and don't let him bring his wisdom, power, mercy and grace. And that's a shame. It's such a shame. Okay, I'm going to move on. I've got a million notes. I'm not going to talk about that now. Okay, the next section. With all kinds of prayers and requests. So what does that look like? Well, all kinds of prayers and requests. Basically, I'm not going to go into the Greek, but it's there. Prayer translates to requests or conversation. That's what it is. It's a conversation with God. End of. It's no, yeah, there's theologians who spend years studying and all the rest of it, but let's, bottom line, it's me talking to God, me listening to God, me connecting with God. I want you to do this. Think about the closest relationship you have with a person. It could be your mum, your dad, your husband, your wife, your best friend, whatever. Think of that relationship. Think of how that relationship is formed over time. Think about what you do in that relationship. You talk, spend time. You chat. You might fight. You make up. You have another fight. You talk. You chat. You sit. You're silent. You share your day. You are yourself, you've got your trackies on, you can wear your pyjamas or your onesie or whatever you want, no makeup. That relationship 
is so important to you. It makes you feel peaceful, settled. It makes you feel like some one of my girlfriends, when we get together, she's one of my amazing, amazing girls. And I always say to her, gosh, when we're together, I feel like I'm home. I've known you for so long and this is awesome. She's just had a baby and it's just the funnest thing. We hang out, we laugh, we cry, we talk, we fight. We actually fight as friends. But we've built a relationship over time. So now I trust her and she trusts me. That's us and God. The awesome thing about us and God is He knows our stuff already. And He's ready to be there with open arms, an open heart and the opportunity to bring His wisdom into the situation. There's no other person, and I mean this truly, there's no other person or thing on the planet that will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding but God. There is nothing Absolutely nothing. There's no drug, there's no relationship, there's no situation, there's no purchases, there's no materialistic stuff that will ever give you the full understanding of that peace that surpasses understanding than Jesus Christ. And I think that's for someone today. I think that's for someone today. And if that's for you, I'm uber excited that God used me to tell you That is cool. Let's continue. Okay, cool. I love stuff like that. All right. Praying on all occasion looks a bit like this. You know, we can pray for the smallest things to the biggest things. And I've had a couple of situations amongst lots in my life. And I remember this was years ago. I'm a bit of a nail girl. I love nails, as you can probably tell. So, um, and it's a big deal for me. And I hate if one chips or paint or it just really irritates me. So anyway, this was years ago. I was washing my car like a good, diligent girl. And I'm like, I was really trying to, you know, do the right thing. And because Mark does most of our house, well, probably all of our house cleaning and really does an incredible job. No, he does. I'm not even joking. He's amazing. He does the house cleaning, the cooking, the everything. Just awesome. He really looks after me. And that's super cool. He does. He really does. Good. Yeah. And so, you know, and sometimes I think, oh, I feel a bit guilty. I probably should do something. You know, the token, oh, just do something. No, he's not a slave. It's not, if he doesn't do it, it's not like, oh my God, you have not done the dishes. Get back into the kitchen. Never. No. But <laughs> so I was outside washing the car and I thought, oh, you know, that's really good. It's really good. Take, our, take care of your stuff or the rest of it. Well, I chipped the corner of my nail. It was the tiniest chip you've ever seen in your life. And I was devastated. I was so angry. And I had just had them done. And, you know, it's not a big deal, but, you know, it's like however much money. And I was like, oh God, I'm just so sad. Like, really? That means I'm going to wait four weeks and I refuse to go back and pay some more to get them done. And I didn't want to file it down. I was really upset about it. It was ridiculous, really. I think it was just a girl moment, but I was really sad. Anyway, what happened was I said, oh God, if you can, I know it's ridiculous because, you know, there's people, there's really serious stuff in the world, like children dying from not eating and I'm praying for a nail. I'm so sorry. But if I can find that, I would love to glue it back on. I kid you not. I kid you not. Near the tyre. I kid you not. There was, there was specks of sand, cement, everything. And near the tyre of the car, the front passenger side, was the freaking little nail. I just stood there and went, you have got to be kidding me. I got down, I was like, no, that can't be it. Oh my God, that's 
actually it. That's actually it. I can't, I'm standing there going, is it right to praise you now? Sorry, Jesus, is this ridiculous? Like, this is awesome. But oh my God, it's a nail. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, oh. went inside, glued it back on with super glue, buffed it up, didn't even look like it had broken. And after I went, God, I cannot believe how much you love me. That is ridiculous. You are so amazing. If I were you, God, I would have said, suck it up, princess, but you didn't. You actually came through for me and that is awesome. And I can't thank you enough. They're the kind of prayers I pray. But I also pray for a girlfriend's mum who's got cancer at the moment. Well, had cancer, should I say. And when she told us, I was really, really angry. My heart was hurting for her because I thought, this sucks big time and I don't think it should happen. So the next day I was in my car because it's a 30 minute drive for me to get to work and that's awesome because I use that time to pray, podcast, all the rest of it. I'm like, God, this totally sucks. She's on the other side of the world. Her mummy's sick. This is not fair. This is not fair. Why? Why does this happen? You know, all those questions we always ask and all the rest of it. Stuff at God, you're bigger than this. You're greater than this. You're bigger than cancer. You're going to fight this with her, through her, in her, in Jesus' name. I declare that she's healed, that there is no weapon formed against this woman will prosper because she's a child of God. And I'm going to stand in the gap. And I know that there's others praying for her. And we're going to not let this go. Whack on some worship tape, sing, declare, all of those things. Didn't know what was going on. And. Shortly, like, and I had a meeting and all the rest of it after school and I didn't even know what was going on. And then we kind of all caught up together and we were sharing because we'd been praying for each other and all this kind of stuff. And I'll talk to that in a little moment. And the reality was this, her mum is in remission. Her mum had stage four cancer. Yeah, I think it deserves a bit of a cheer. Stage four and she's okay now. Okay. Now, That showed me God's in the little, God's in the big, God's in everything. We, 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 you, me, just have to let Him do it. We have to open our mouths, open our hearts, walk the walk, trust in Him, declare His Word, say, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to just say no. I'm not going to just take it on the chin. I am going to ask Him to open up the situation, infiltrate His wisdom, infiltrate His power and say, Lord Jesus Christ, whatever happens, you change it or you change me. End of. Okay, let's wrap it up. Okay, be alert and always keep praying for God's people. I want to finish with that. It's exactly what it says. Be alert. Be watchful. Open your eyes. Do you know the person next to you? Do you know the person in the cubicle next to you at work? Do you know them? Do you connect with them? Do we ask questions? Do we say, how are you going? And then keep walking. I didn't really want to need to know. <laughs> it was just a token. No, how are you, Rochelle? What's happening? How was work? Oh my goodness, you were struggling with this. How's that going? Blah, blah, blah. That builds a point of connection where God can use a relationship to show His glory and love. And Paul wants us to do it because every letter he really writes, and you know, sorry, if the theologians are listening, because I'm not, I can't say 100%, but I'm pretty sure he signs, starts or signs off with, I've been praying for you, brothers and sisters. I will continue praying for you. Every time I have to say, I'm pretty sure he does it. And he's a legend. 
He's in jail. Things are going rubbish for him sometimes. He's stuck. He's this, he's that. But do not worry. I am praying for you. Ceaselessly, if that's a word. He does. So he's telling us, do the same. Pray for each other. Be there for each other. Stand for each other. When you're broken, when you're sad, when you're hurt and you cannot do another thing, you wanna quit, you wanna give up, you wanna give in, you cannot possibly take another breath, ring that friend, ring your Elevate group. Please pray for me, I can't do this. Got your back girl, let me start. Jesus, and the story goes. That's why we have Elevate groups. It's awesome to gather on a Sunday, it's awesome. But where the work gets done is when we rub shoulders with people, get in their lives, understand where they're coming from and standing with them as we walk and follow Jesus. That's why we do it. It's not another meeting, it's not another event, it's life. I've got one cool story. I know I'm running out of time, but I've got one cool story and then I'm gonna literally wrap it up. So yes, it does happen when we get close to people that we can have the opportunity to pray, to stand, to work with people, to know that they are important to God. But I'll tell you this really cool story. And I just wonder, this might be interesting for some people sitting here, whether this has ever happened to you or might happen to you or whether God wants you to think bigger than just your immediate circle. Years ago, I was at a conference and I was meeting up with some of my friends flying in from LA and I was flying to Sydney and we were going to spend the week together. Anyway, so that was cool. Um, We had registered all under the same kind of name, but for whatever reason, I don't know how this happens to me sometimes, but we were walking and we got split up. So the girls got to go down on the cool seats right at the front row and I'm like, oh, far out. What's going on? why am I still stuck at the back of the line and they're there? Texting and all the rest of it. Like, oh, Louis, sorry, sorry, I've got a seat saved. Don't even worry about it. I'll just meet you after. So I'm standing there and I'm just like literally getting, oh, they're in the front, down the front and I'm out here. That sucks. Meanwhile, as I'm walking, there's this girl walks past me. She has a polka dot dress on. I go, hmm, that's a bit interesting wearing a polka dot dress. A bit cold for that weather, but that's okay. Nice dress. Literally, that's what goes in my head. Standing there going in, this guy goes to me, this usher goes, oh, is it just you, is it? I said, yeah, yeah, it is. He goes, come with me, I've got a seat. I'm like, okay, this sounds good. So I go follow him, we go out and I'm literally like the auditorium's like massive and the flat's like this and then you've got the sides like this. Now the flat sucks a little bit because if you're short like me and you're kind of ways down, you can't always see. So I was like, okay, so he took me to this side bit, like it was almost like I was sitting nearly on the stage. It was like there. I'm like, oh my God, thank you, Jesus Christ. This is the best night of my life. I'm going to see, I'm going to see my favourite speakers. This is great. Sing my heart out, no worries. Sit down, polka dot dresses next to me. Well, that's weird. But then I go, "Mm, that's God. He wants to tell me something. Right, Nothing. All night I'm talking and singing and, you know, talk to the person next to you. Hi, how are you? Oh, yeah, that's great. You're from Sydney. I'm from Perth, blah, 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 all that stuff. Then what happens? At the end, um, the speaker gets up and says, now, some of you have got um, some kind of, like, you're going to pray for the person next to you because we did this thing, whatever. And um, you're going to, like, you know, kind of lay hands on the person and pray for them. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I thought, oh, 
well, I don't really feel like she needs to pray for me because, you know, sometimes you can get a sense of that. And I'm like, no, not me. I'm like, do you mind if I, I pray for you? She said, yeah, that would be really great. Thanks. I'd love it. Her first night there, does not know Jesus, is not a follower of Jesus, felt she needed to come. She just saw droves of people walking into the building and thought, you know what, I'm just going to turn up. I don't even know. My life is so low. It is so rubbish because she was actually a um, hairdresser for stars across the globe. Like she was like in and out of Hollywood. She was hair and makeup and she was in Sydney and all this cool stuff. And um, she goes, and yet my life is so full, yet so empty. And I just don't know what to do. And I went, wow. Okay, well, I'm going to pray for you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to say that Jesus is the answer and all that stuff. All I'm going to do right now is pray that he meets you where you're at, whatever that looks like. Whether you're ready, whether you're not, whether you're looking, whether you're ready to say yes, where you want to say no to him, whatever it is. No pressure. But I tell you this, I reckon God's following me all the way from Perth to meet with you because I saw you before I sat next to you. She goes, what do you mean? I said, you were in my radar like three hours ago when I saw you hovering around, walking around, getting a coffee, getting a this. It was like I couldn't take my eyes off you. Please, it's not awkward or anything. She's like, no, that's fine. I said, it wasn't like that. Um, Because I'm married, it's fine. Um, But what it was, it was I felt like the Spirit of God telling me that girl's going to mean something shortly and I want you to do something about it. And I said, yes. And I did. We prayed. Never saw her again. But every now and again, I remember that girl in that polka dot dress and she pops into my head and I go, Jesus, meet her where she's at. If she's following you, awesome. And if she's not, you love her still because she's a child of God regardless. She just doesn't know it yet. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, We gather as your church today. We're a group of people with interesting and diverse backgrounds, but we're here today for a purpose and a reason, not coincidental at all. And my prayer today is exactly like I prayed for my polka-dotted friend. Meet us, your children, where we're at. For those of us who have been walking with Jesus for ages, continue walking with Him. It is the best decision you will ever make in your life. My prayer is that you go stronger in Him. My prayer is that you continue to have His wisdom. My prayer is that you will just know without a shadow of a doubt that you have a plan and a purpose that Jesus has destined for you here on earth for all the days of your life. My prayer is that your relationship goes richer, stronger and deeper, that you continue to access the power, love, mercy and grace in your life as you build your relationship with Jesus. Those of you who have never, ever encountered Jesus or beginning to know Him, my prayer is that He meets you where you're at today. Whether you're ready to respond and say, yeah, I want this journey with you, or whether you're not, it doesn't matter. The fact is you're here. You're in the space and place where you're hearing the truth of his word. I'm going to pray for you regardless. 
And you know what? This probably is countercultural. But I'm not going to ask you to slip up your hand. What I'm going to ask you to do is come back. And then come back. And then come back. And then come back. And then come back. Because God's got you regardless. But He's willing and ready and gentleman enough to let you step when you need to. Amen.